Tanya Head was known for widely sharing her harrowing September 11, 2001 survival story. As she would explain it, she was on the 78th floor of the South Tower when the World Trade Center building was hit by the second plane, making her one of only 19 people at or above the point of plane impact to have survived. Tanya was also known for her tireless efforts running the World Trade Center Survivors Network, supporting others affected by the attacks. So why, after only a few years of leading the group, would an anonymous email from Spain be sent to the Survivors Network claiming Tanya had committed suicide? And where was Tanya? Was she okay? Find out more today on the Controversial Figures podcast. Welcome to Controversial Figures, a podcast about intriguing figures in the media. My name is Tammy Hawkins. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a five-star rating and comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Visit Controversial Figures on Patreon and donate anything that you can. I will give you a shout out on a future show and send along occasional swag to regular donators. If you donate at a higher level tier... You will obtain access to additional content on a regular basis. Today, I'd like to give a shout out to Sandy Myers and Nikki Zavardinos. Thank you so much for your support. With that, let's discuss our controversial figure for today. Tanya Head was running her own 9-11 Survivors Group online when she became aware of a group called the World Trade Center Survivors Network in 2004. The Survivors Network was created to provide support to civilians present at the World Trade Center and the personnel and volunteers involved in the rescue and recovery efforts afterward. As the members of the Survivors Network came to know Tanya, they also came to know her story. Tanya was working as the Senior Vice President for Strategic Alliances for an investment think tank whose client offices were inside Merrill Lynch in the World Trade Center in New York. She was on the 78th floor of the South Tower when United Airlines Flight 175 hit the building. Tanya, injured by the blast with severe burns to her arms, amongst other injuries, crawled her way through the fiery carnage to her safety. Now, this story received a strong degree of attention because Tanya was one of the only 19 people located above the plane impact point in the building in the World Trade Center South Tower to have survived. She said she could smell her skin burning as she worked to escape the burning building. But there was even more to this fascinating story. Tanya painfully shared that her fiancé Dave was killed in the North Tower that day. The couple was prepared to be married the following month, October 2001. Tanya would tell the extremely romantic story of how Dave proposed to her to full rooms full of tears. Really sad, right? Well, wait, there's more. Tanya also shared, as she was struggling to make her way out of the building, a dying man had passed his wedding ring to her so it could be returned to his widow. It had an inscription inside, and she would later return it to the widow. Super duper sad, right? But, well, I think you know what I'm going to say next. Amazingly, there's even more to this story. Tanya said the primary reason she had survived 
she had been rescued by Wells Crowther. Wells Crowther was a 24-year-old American equities trader and volunteer firefighter well-known for saving as many as 18 lives during the September 11th attacks in New York City, during which he sadly lost his own life. He is a true hero from that day. This is a quoted example of how Tanya would recount the story to a 9-11 tour group from an article in the New York Daily News in 2006, and I quote, She had been at an 8.30 a.m. meeting on the 96th floor of the tower. We heard very loud sounds coming from outside the meeting room, she recalled. A plane had struck the North Tower, which was, by her precise account, 113 feet away. The fire was so intense that the windows of her tower were too hot to touch. She saw people begin to jump from the North Tower. And it wasn't just one, it wasn't just two, she said. She went to the 78th floor, where several hundred people waited in the sky lobby for the express elevators. The woman started saying, There's another plane coming! There's another plane coming! had recalled. We didn't believe her at first. The tip of the wing tore through the crowded sky lobby. The first thing you feel is a tremendous increase in pressure, all the air being sucked out of your lungs, she said. The next thing you feel is flying through the air. She was knocked unconscious and awoke in searing pain. A young man was patting out her burning clothes. His name was Wells Crowther, and he wore a red bandana his father had given him to filter smoke should he ever get caught in a fire. He saved dozens that day. He will forever be known as the man with the red bandana, she recalled. His calm made me calm. Burned, bleeding, nearly blinded by dust, she struggled toward the stairway. Blood, body parts, I crawled through all that, she recalled. I realized everybody around me was dying. She then encountered the first figure in the FDNY bunker gear. I always like to say for me it was like seeing God, she recalled. It was like, okay, we're going to make it. The firefighter continued up toward her stricken co-workers and was among the 343 members of the department killed that day. The man in the red bandana also died, having gone back in after leading a group to safety. Head had managed to reach the street when the South Tower came down and a firefighter pulled her under a rig. And that was it for me. I woke up in a hospital five days later, she would conclude with the tour group. End quote. Heck of a story, right? The New York Daily News went on to recount what Tanya Head told them privately. Quote, As Tanya crawled through the carnage on the 78th floor, a man charred from head to toe placed a wedding band in her palm. She stuck it in her pocket and forgot about it until months later when her mother went through the personal possessions the hospital had bagged. An inscription inside the ring led to the dead man's wife, who at first did not want to speak with Head. The woman then wanted to hear everything. End quote. Finally, the New York Daily News article would conclude with this observation about Tanya Head, which, spoiler alert, becomes pretty creepy later in this podcast tale. Quote, she stood by the entrance with a beautiful smile that is her ultimate message to everyone these five years later. To behold Head's smile is to know the terrorists did not come even close to winning. To see that smile is also to be challenged to be as decent and positive as this true survivor. End quote. As you might imagine, Tanya's story caught a lot of attention. Tanya Head was interviewed numerous times by the media and invited to speak at university conferences. In 2005, 
Tanya was one of the few survivors chosen to lead tours for the Tribute World Trade Center Visitor Center, where she was photographed with New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg, former Mayor Rudy Giuliani, and former New York Governor George Pataki. Tanya would regularly deliver her story to Crown Zero tour groups in vivid detail, saying, I was there at the towers. I'm a survivor. I'm going to tell you about that. In September of 2017, the New York Times sought to verify some of the key details of Tanya Head's story as part of the September 11th anniversary piece, typical fact validation they do for any story. Tanya Head had claimed to have a degree from Harvard University and a graduate business degree from Stanford University, but when contacted by the New York Times, these institutions had no record of her. Tanya Head had also claimed that she had been working at the Merrill Lynch offices in the South Tower. Yet Merrill Lynch had no record of this. In fact, Merrill Lynch did not even have offices in the World Trade Center at the time of the attacks. As the days progressed, Tanya Head backed out of three scheduled interviews and later refused to speak to reporters at all. The New York Times then contacted other members of the Survivors Network and raised questions about Tanya's story. By the week of September 27, 2007, the World Trade Survivors Network voted to remove Tanya as president and as director of the group. One of the many fabrications from Tina was her engagement to a man named Dave, who had perished in the North Tower. Dave was indeed a real man, and he did indeed, unfortunately, perish in the North Tower. However, when the man's family was contacted, they claimed to have never have heard of Tanya Head. Also, when journalists found the man's social media pages, obituary, and news articles about his death during the 9-11 events, there was not a single mention ever of anyone that looked or sounded like Tanya Head as being his fiance or associated to him at all. The Barcelona newspaper La Vanguardia ultimately revealed that Tanya had actually been in a class in Barcelona during the September 11, 2001 attacks. Tanya had told her classmates that her scarred arm was the result of an automobile accident. It was found that she had told her other friends the wound was from a horse riding accident when she was younger. La Vanguardia also reported Tanya had told classmates she wanted to work in New York. It was found by one investigator that Tanya had registered her email address with Yahoo about a month after the attacks and joined an online discussion group for survivors on December 2, 2001 all from Spain. It was after Tanya took herself to New York in 2003 that she began her own Yahoo group for 9-11 survivors before she found the World Trade Center Survivors Network and contacted them with her story and the idea to merge groups. The snowball of the lie only got bigger and faster from that point on. Numbers reported vary, but it is estimated there were 500 to 2,000 people involved with the Survivors Network. Richard Zimbler, Tanya Head's successor as the president of the World Trade Center Survivors Network, said, There was no reason to doubt Tanya's story. She looked the part. She had a badly injured arm that appeared to have burned scars, and her story was very, very realistic. After Tanya's fraud was exposed, she declined all further interviews and abruptly left New York. In February of 2008, an anonymous email was sent from a Spanish account to members of the World Trade Center Survivors Network claiming that Tanya Head had committed suicide. In research for this podcast, 
I watched the film documentary with the same name as the 2012 book titled The Woman Who Wasn't There. It's a great documentary telling the Tanya Head story through the lens of the World Trade Center Survivors Network. The film does this by using interviews with Tanya herself and members of the network before and after her deception was revealed. Both the book and the film noted that Head was seen with her mother in New York on September 14, 2011. They also reveal that her real name was actually Alicia Esteve from Barcelona, Spain. La Vanguardia newspaper reported that Alicia Esteve, as she moved in high society circles in Barcelona, she was also known to be infatuated with America. The funny thing is, she had never been to America until 2003, when she visited New York with her mother. In July 2012, the same year the book and the documentary The Woman Who Wasn't There came out, Tanya Head was fired from her position at Interpartner Assistance, an insurance company in Barcelona. Her whereabouts are currently unknown, so watch what random friends you make in your online groups. Yeah, it is said that Tanya had received no money from the Survivors Network in which she participated. In fact, members of the network state that she donated to the group. She gave her money, her time, and her energy for many years. However, Tanya did so for a different kind of personal gain. That of attention, admiration, sympathy, fame. That is perhaps the con that might hurt the most. The one that feeds off of our sincerest, empathetic human emotions— when people take our kindness and us for a fool, feeding like a parasite off of the powerful mourning of the real victims with which she surrounded and associated herself. This included Tanya being asked to speak at Wells Crothers' funeral by his family due to her lie that he saved her life. She became so nervous at the event, she had a fellow survivor read her statement at the funeral. What a piece of work. Perhaps Tanya had her own psychological challenges that led to this despicable behavior. One can only hope that she's sought help for herself after this. I believe survivors should always be believed. However, we must be careful in knowing that unfortunately some may take advantage of initial belief. We should still be cautious that if a story sounds too amazing, usually it is. Do fact-checking along the way. Trust but verify. My sincere condolences to the survivors that were used by this woman. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Controversial Figures. Just a reminder, please like, subscribe, and leave a rating and comment for Controversial Figures in your favorite podcast app. This podcast is an independent podcast created by Tammy Hawkins. This is funded by those that donate, so please join Patreon and give what you can. Once I hit 50 Patreon subscribers, I'll send out swag to all donators. And I will give shout-outs during the show to anyone who's donated along the way. Research references are available in the show notes, as are musical references. Thank you so much for listening. Be well. Be well.